Hello and good evening and welcome to another episode of Religions, Regimes and Refugees and their multicultural mess and secular scam. Thank you so much for join, joining me today and I hope you're having a great, great day wherever you are. Great morning. I'm a little bit early today because it is Sunday and it's the weekend. So thank you for joining me again. And I want to say to hello to all my viewers all over the world. Um, we're going to talk today about narratives and our civilizational ethos. A little bit about Vedanta. Uh, on this auspicious day when we, um, when the Honorable Prime Minister of India inaugurated uh, the uh, inaugurated the parliament, the new parliament. Um, a part of the Central Vista project. Um, it was a great ceremony, great opening, and we're very grateful to him. But instead of talking about other things, we thought we'll make this day special, even more special, by talking about our civilization, our ethos, our philosophy. And what a great day to talk about Vedanta. Uh, before that, I just want to talk to you a little bit about the narratives that are set for people who don't understand Vedantas. Um, and the uh, philosophy behind it, the science behind it, they come up with narratives, okay? So these are the narratives versus people with science. So let me give you a little bit about the narrative about today. Um, <coughs> sorry about that. Um, there was a person, um, I put on my Facebook page, the Facebook page had a link to an ITV, a British uh, media house, and they're talking about the new pro, new um, parliament open today in, uh, in, in, the, in India, in Delhi. Of course, they wrote it's inaugurated by their honorable prime minister, but they have to add their garbage, their filth, their distaste, their antagonism, their finger pointing. Oh, it was boycotted by 20 parties. It's against the secular democracy. It's against secularism. It's against the constitution. It's against this and against that. And the distaste, the negativity, the narrative is being set in. People are fed, 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 fed with this ideology. Let me explain to you. Uh, two weeks ago, the the His Excellency, His, uh, His Majesty the King uh, of um, of the United Kingdom, King Charles III, son of Queen Elizabeth II, um, he was crowned in a very religious uh, Christian ceremony, Anglican ceremony. Now, I posted two audios on that, uh, two videos on that. Uh, should I say two uh, two podcasts? And the first one, I I talked about negative and the positive, and I also talked I talked about the ne positive where I supported him and 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 wished him well, wished his country well, wished his people well, and I support uh, his monarchy. I, I do not want it to fall. I I I'm, I may not have agreed. I don't like the the Christian um, uh, ceremony, but yeah, it's his ceremony and it's his country, and he has absolute right to to do that. Uh, and, and by all means, and no one said anything about it, okay? Well, you have the Republicans who did, but all these big uh, media houses, they all supported it, British culture, British this, British that, British this. It's a Christian ceremony. It's a very religious ceremony for a multicultural, secular country. Why do you have a, uh, an English Christian ceremony? Well, if you can have it, so can others. If the, um, the Arabs can have it, if the Turks can have it, if 
anyone can have it, if every other country in the world can have it, why should we have to have, a, a we, why shouldn't we be apologetic about our Vedic civilization, our Vedic culture? Why should we feel ashamed? But the media houses have run a narrative to say, yes, we can have, the Western nations, the United Kingdom can have, the European nations can have, the President of the United, of the United States can put his hand on the Bible, uh, but we cannot have be proud of our culture. We should be ashamed of our culture is basically what they were saying. You will see that right up on my Facebook page. It is there. Um, and I thought that this narrative of negativity being run for 2,000 years, it's nothing new. I mean, I, you know, th th this has been done for, for so very long. Um, and this is one of the many reminiscences of it in our in our entire nation in 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 our era. Absolutely ridiculous. Um, but I thought I was ashamed of that, and I think that they should be ashamed of that. Um, so yes, this is what I wrote. The Guardian, a British newspaper, spreading distaste and animosity for a new Parliament opening by the Honourable Prime Minister Modi. Um, Calling it Hindu nationalism, dismantling democracy, violation of the blah, 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 blah. Yet a couple of weeks ago, King, the king of the United Kingdom, King Charles III, was crowned in a Christian religious ceremony. And these hypocrites had no problem speaking about pride of British culture. I supported that coronation, saying it's their culture and their right. And I stand by our Honourable Prime Minister Narendra Modi and the new parliament. I am an ex-Christian and I say proudly, Jai Hind and Bharat Mata Ki Jai. So these are narratives being spread by people who do not understand the philosophy of the cosmos, who do not understand the philosophy of life, who think the earth is flat, that they can do something, but they do, but they have the utmost uh, hypocrisy and the morality to look down on other people who do the same thing because they do not share their worldview. So they will paint you with this negative image, this colossal, perpetual caste, uh, savages, snakes, charmers, elephant riders, all the money that they took from us, they didn't have a problem. They didn't need a narrative for that. No one's t talking about that narrative. But when it comes to being proud and unapologetic for our history and our culture um, and our journey, no, you're not perfect. You're, you got this, you got that. You should be ashamed of yourself. And you should always give the minorities translation, leftover colonial hangovers, uh, the right to decide who you should be instead of uh, being proud of yourself. So this is a narrative that's being posted all over. And I'm, I'm really, 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 um, I, was, um, I was ashamed of them, I have to say. Um, and I just do not want to, I, I want to have my opinion and say say what I wanted to say about it. Um, but here's a narrative that they will not, they will not uh, propose. Under the uh, Narendra Modi government, India beats the world in medical infrastructure. So I post this one on my Facebook page also, medical colleges in, in, in India. In um, prior to Modi taking power, uh, you had, 
400 medical colleges um, and 387. Under Narendra Modi, nine years, you have 689. In the United States, you had 144 uh, versus right now we have 157. In Canada, 17 to 17 hasn't changed. MBBS seats in India, um, prior to, uh, to 2014, we had 1,300, I think, you know, 51,300. In the Narendra Modi government, we've had 1 million, five, sorry, 1 lakh 5,383 uh, seats. That's double, that's more than doubled, okay, guys? More than doubled. Um, in the United, in the US of A, 23,075 versus 28,337 now. In Canada, no change whatsoever. That means in the, f in the nine years that Justin Trudeau has been in power, or eight years he's been in power, he has doubled the debt, okay? Justin Trudeau has doubled the debt, but he has not added one thing to the country. He's not added one medical college. He has not added one MBBS seat. It is stagnant, but he has doubled the debt. Uh, so yes, my friends, this is exactly what it is. Um, um, medical colleges and MBBS seats. So you see very clearly, uh, but the Indian National Congress, the Congress Muslim League, as some people put it, uh, have built their, inf um, says that the built, that they built the infrastructure of the country and no European power, no, uh, no Arabic power, no Muslim power, no media house will talk about this. They will talk about the negative. They will place a narrative of Hindutva being fascist, but they will not absolutely not to take a look at everything that's going on and this is not just one group of people this is for everyone everyone has access to it full access to it and we are very happy to to be a part of a civilization that gives access to everyone not on the basis of their religion but uh, of their colonial religion but on the basis of uh, of education and, and knowledge and education is part of the Indian ethos and that's why you have uh, the great CEOs of India all over the world. Now having said that, talking about the knowledge uh, of, the, of our civilization, uh, I'm going to take this opportunity to talk about briefly about um, Vedanta. So it is a great day to talk about this philosophy and to promote uh, our Vedic philosophy. And as an ex-Christian who has self-studied all of this, I want to say thank you to my ancestors. Uh, at least I've had a chance to do this today. So Vedanta is the culmination of the Vedas, for anyone who doesn't understand. It's entering into the study of the Brahman. Brahman means the cos the the electromagnetic field that forms our cosmos, our galaxies, that is the universe, uh, sorry, the electromagnetic field, the space, the eternal, ever evolving, eternal space. Um, the Brahman is the universe, Brahman is the electromagnetic field, the space. The science which raises man above the planes of worldliness. It is the rational method of meditating on the supreme absolute, the eternal and the infinite. Vedanta is the culmination of human experience and is is the end of the faculty of thinking. It is the greatest and highest knowledge. The wisdom was revealed to the ancient sages. Um, the rishis and sages of of York of your have made experiments and researches in meditation and given to the world their spiritual experiences. These are 
um, sorry, um, in order to practice uh, and attain absolute freedom, you should know in the beginning itself its technique and method. You should know the nature of bondage, the cause of bondage, and the way of getting rid of the bondage. You have to make a search, searching study of life and its mysteries. Um, so basically, I'm just going to very briefly uh, about uh, Vedanta for, for beginners. Um, my page is going very slowly. Um, in the olden days, uh, the aspirant used to approach the guru with a bundle of sticks in his hand for spiritual instruction. What does this indicate? He prays to the perceptor, O oh, adorable guru, let me my bundle of sins and worldly vasanas be burnt in the fire of wisdom through grace. Let the divine flame grow in me. Let me attain the highest illumination. Make me realize the inner self-indulgent Atman. Let my senses, mind, prana, and ego be given an oblation in the fire of wisdom. Let me shine as a light of lights. So briefly, when we talk about the nature of the Brahman, the Brahman is the absolute existence which is of the nature of knowledge bliss. The world itself shines as Brahman when the, when the veil of ignorance is torn down by the dawn of knowledge of imperishable. The Brahman, see the Brahman in your guru, Brahman in the world, Brahman in everything. So what are they talking about? Our cosmic existence, the electromagnetic cosmos, that we are an energy field. We are, space is, um, uh, is, a, is quantum uh, physics. It's quantum uh, electromagnetic energy field, that we call uh, space or the gravitational force. It is... It is the absolute existence. That is who we are. We are cosmic beams. In, in, in modern English, we are cosmic beams. We are an energy field. We are not a physical being. We are in an energy field. And that's called a cosmic field. And that is called Brahman in Sanskrit. Um, in reality, there is no creation. I mean, we're always evolving. The cycle is always moving. It, it creates, it explodes, it disintegrates, it creates, it disintegrates. So there's not real creation. The, word it, the world itself is an appearance in the Brahman. So we are part of this cosmic field. We're ever evolving, ever changing, ever moving. The world is superimposed upon Brahman. Through apavada, yukti, the superimposition, is subligated or negated and everything is realized to be absolute Brahman. I mean, there's Brahman, there's the cosmic feel in everything. Whether you have the trees, the plants, the flora, the fauna, the species of life. Only the train moves, but you do not move. Only the boat moves, but you do not move. Even so, only the body moves, but the interdweller or the silent shakshi, Sakshi, the witness, which is identical with the absolute Brahman or Atman, never moves. The word Atman is used with reference to the soul in the individual. The term Brahman is used with the reference to the same soul as the soul of all beings, objects in the universe. The Brahman is bliss, that means the cosmos is bliss. The king returns from his long journey to his pl palace at night. He is dead tired. He wants immediate rest. He does not want to talk to the queen. The objects do not afford him any pleasure. He wants to sleep. From where does this bliss come deep sleep? Um, when there are no objects of enjoyment? 
Brahman is the source of peace and bliss. Um, so basically, they're talking about um, the cosmos. We are a cosmic field, an energy field. We roam in cycles. We move the cycle. The energy field is like frequencies, like two dipoles, and each dipole is a frequency. Okay, so we have frequencies. If you want to understand what it is, just go to Google, type cymatic frequencies, that's C-Y-M-A-T-I-C, cymatic frequencies. So we are cymatic frequencies. And our frequencies um, move in cycles. We're cyclic, okay? Just like, uh, just like um, the energy, like a frequency, we move in cycles. And those cycles move in currents and waves. It's our currents that form the waves. It's basically what they're trying to say. Um, so you have to understand how we move. Once we understand who we are, then after that, you add, the, you add the labels to it if you want to. But you understand the labels mean nothing. It's your energy that means everything. Your cycle, your cosmic energy is running your field. And that's what I say. We are currents and waves. It's our currents that form the waves. So even so, the world, which is in a manifested state, has an unmanifested state and will become unmanifest again. That means it has the Earth is is a physical state, but it's controlled by an electromagnetic field, an energy field that you cannot see. The churning of that field is at the center or the core of the Earth. So it will. It will lie in its state for a couple of billion years, five billion, and then it will break up and explode and, and explode into pieces and become part of the uh, cosmic, um, the, the the nebulae. That means the dust from the from this from this planet will then become uh, part of the the dirt, the the movements, the mass in space. Um, and we will return to the uh, uh, cosmic field. Our energy field will continue. The energy field doesn't stop. It's just the mass that breaks up and joins back together. Um, so it's come out of Maya, a casual body of the Ishvar, and will return to it in the end. The earth, water, fire, air, and ether are all produ pro uh, productions of the Maya. Okay, um, so that's important to... Um, to understand. So Maya means your illusion, your um, not just your illusion, but your cosmic field, which you can't see. So that's why they call it an illusion. Water is more subtle and uh, pervasive than earth. Fire is more subtle and pervasive than water. Air is more subtle and pervasive than fire. Aksa is more subtle and pervasive than air. If you keep... Um, so, so basically, sorry... From the Brahman or the supreme um, energy field uh, sprang from this cosmic evolution, sp sprang um, all the mass in space, all the dirt in space, the, the dust in space gravitated together and formed mass. This mass um, then forms the five elements. Aksa um, was born first. Aksa is ether or space. Um, it is Aksa or space that is the abode for the other elements. It is the vessel or the container. There was Gati or motion in Aksa. Uh, 
the, that motion is why you are air. There was heat during the motion of air. Fire was born from the air. Fire cannot burn out of the air without the air. Fire cooled and became water, and the water solidified and became earth. So that's how we got this this mass came together. So I was talking about the mass that the um, particles of dust uh, gravitate together, but how does it become mass? How does it become the earth? So it's it's saying here, Vedanta says here very clearly, from the Brahman or the supreme being, that means the 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 the, the supreme being that we've never seen, um, sprang the evolution of this cosmic energy supreme field. The Akasa was born. Uh, Akasa is ether or space, that is cosmic space. The Akasa or space that is the abode for the four elements. It is the vessel and the container. There was Gati or motion in Akasa. The, that motion is Vayu or air. There was heat during the motion of air. Fire was born from air. Fire cannot burn without the air. And fire cooled and became water. And the water solidified and became earth. Um, and similarly, you have the five sheets are covering the individual soul. So this evolution of this cosmic energy into mass, into air, into space, into air, into mass, then further photosynthesized and metamorphosized into uh, planets. Um, and these planets, this mass, this planet, then forms atmosphere, and the atmosphere just then forms a species of life, the, 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 the male and the female species of life. Um, so the five sheets that are covering this these species of life, um, there are an Anamaya, Pranamaya, Manomaya, Vijanamaya, Andama, Anandamaya courses. The Antakarana, or the original organ, takes four forms, mind, intellect, ego, and subconscious. Um, and the ego has a connection with the intellect. Their abode is the is the Vijanamaya Kosa. Manas or mind has connection with the subconscious. I mean the physical, the conscious mind has a connection with the subconscious mind. Um, and the light, that means of the of the sun, brightens the intellect. The heat of the of the sun gives heat to the prana and thus maintains the heat in the body. Uh, just as the mind is dividing wall between the soul and the prana, it's also the Prana, the vital air energy, is the boundary and wall between the mind and the body. So I won't go into everything over here. I'll just leave it at that. I'm going to put a link to this in my podcast. You're most welcome to take a look at it uh, because it's not mine. It comes from Sri Swami Sivananda. And absolutely, um, I hope you'll take a look at it. I hope you will learn a little bit about our Vedic philosophies um, and go from there. And say thank you to this day for giving us such a beautiful uh, moment in time that we have borne witness to this wonderful parliament that was inaugurated by the Honorable Prime Minister and uh, rejoice in, in our civilization and that that has been left for us. Thank you very much for your time. You have yourself a great, great day.